everyone. Welcome to Beta Research Podcast. I'm your host, Matikul Tegan. And today I'm joined by Car, Strategy Lead at Krabata. Krabata was one of the hottest um, Web3 games between November last year and May this year. And uh, it's a pleasure to have Car on discussing Krabata, its economy and all. Disclaimer, none of this is financial or legal advice. Car, welcome to the pod. Can you tell us about your background and how you ended up at Krabata? Hey, happy, happy to do so, um, Veda, and many thanks for inviting me and having me on your podcast. Um, hello, everybody. My name is Car. I'm the strategy lead at Krabata, and, Veda, and as Veda has uh, eloquently described, we are a uh, Web3 game company um, that has been around since November 2021. As for myself, I'm actually not the founder of the project. Um, I'm not as I'm clearly not that talented. Rather, my background was in uh, traditional financial services, and how I got exposed to Web3 in Krabata was actually through a friend. So this friend of mine was actually running this project, and um, obviously, I think as most stories in Web3 go, um, slowly red pilled me and got me interested, and and told me about all the interesting things that he and his team were doing. And so after quite a bit of cajoling, I decided to take the plunge and I left my uh, Web2 job to come and um, try and help out in this, uh, in this, in, in Krabata, right? And so I came over in, I think, November, December, 2021. And it's definitely been a wild ride since. I think it's been, um, uh, people have told me that time passes faster in Web3, right? And I think as we all know, it's we've gone through so many ups and downs as an industry in just the past 10 months, right? So uh, definitely it's been a very interesting adventure so far. Awesome. Yeah, um, joining joining WebTree from a traditional, you know, traditional industry, I guess it's, it's almost like a roller coaster ride, but um, it's it's great for learning and, and experience. So Krobata, you know, um, I've been very familiar with the game at Veda Research, we, we built like a detailed model on the overall economy and even the, the micro economy for, for each character. We're like trying to calculate returns, et cetera, we risk. Um, and yeah, I, I remember like at some point, um, the token was like trading at, you know, very high prices. Um, I think almost like $2 billion, you know, fully diluted cap. Uh, this was obviously in the in the boom of you know the the web tree gaming play to earn etc. Um, and so based on our calculations, I think around like um, the, the the ecosystem had around like maybe two hundred million dollars in inflows. And so these inflows are you know players breeding um, new new crabs. Um, so. Can you like talk us about uh, and and so I remember that the economy was you know relatively similar to an an Axie type play to earn, but there were some differences. Um, for example, like the the uh, there were no scholars; you couldn't rent out your your NFTs. I think you were able to like program bots, um, and there were like very interesting sync experimentations that I haven't seen with other games. Um, would you be able to like talk about, and, and I know that the, the economy and the game design has, has tremendously changed, um, from what it was back in, you know, November, February to now. Um, but can you give us an overall, 
um, overall summary on the, the, the game design um, or the economy design and how that works and how that changed. Um, sure, sure thing, Beta. Just, just to double check, um, your question was about how the economy has changed from earlier this year to now. Is that correct? I, I think um, I, I, there was a bit of interference just uh, now, so I might have missed some of the stuff you said, but I think I caught your question. Is that correct? Sure. Um, maybe let's start with the game design, not the economy design. Like, how did how did the game change, right? Because it was, it, it used to be an idle game, and now it's not, right? Um, and then we can go into the economy. Ah, okay. So the question was, how how have we changed from the original idle game concept? Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Got it. Yeah. Sorry. I think um, we might be having some internet connectivity issues. So I can see you speaking. I can see your background moving, but the voice just doesn't seem to come through. I don't know why, but it's okay. We'll we'll make the most out of it. Um, that's a really good question, right? So obviously, I think when we first launched, I think um, back then that was the uh, that was the uh the i wouldn't say the peak but it was definitely a high period for uh blockchain gaming right i think um axie had exploded in 2021 obviously and there was a lot of uh, innovation and interest in the space right and so for us um when we originally went live as i'm sure you and your colleagues at Veda research know having um, analyzed us extensively i'm sure um we had launched with the concept that we wanted to be an idle game right where players can get a fun experience that is blockchain enabled um, and that wouldn't be, say, for example, too taxing on their time, right? Um, of course, I think people now can see, and to be fair, we've said that for a long time, was that the idle game was a beta for us, right? Um, we, we obviously knew that um, as a game, right, uh, a simple browser-based game is, you know, uh, it is, it, it, it's entertaining, but it definitely has its limitations of what you can do simply on a browser-based game. So the intention was always to use the idle game as a stepping stone, uh, to introduce our users to some of the core concepts um, that already existed back then, right? Like mining and looting, right? So in terms of the game design, I think uh, that hasn't changed uh, that much in that um, obviously the core concepts like mining, looting, breeding, those are all still uh, present in the current app-based battle game that we are obviously pushing forward as the new core of Kubata. But what obviously was, I think, um, pleasantly surprising for us back then was the immense reception that we got, right? Obviously, I think one was the fact that um, I like to believe that we had an interesting gameplay concept of mining, looting, reinforcing, and and it was pretty interesting that people could play that and 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 create meta games out of that. And also, I think secondly was I think um, the fact that we were I think at that time one of the first few, if not one of the more maybe successful, uh, completely blockchain enabled games, right? Um, where everything is a transaction on the blockchain and it was kind of a uh, i guess a a web3 maxi's dream right where a game is completely web3 ba uh, completely web3 based right but of course i think um in, in along the lines of your question on how things have changed um while we had originally designed the game to be that way um you know one because obviously we we are obviously passionate about web3 as well but two because i think at that time it was the uh it was we had experience in obviously writing you know uh, smart contracts and whatnot so for us it was a efficient way to get the game out without having to build a complete like game engine and app right if you think about it that way right especially if you know it comes to projects let's say for example that are building large triple a games 
they take years, right, to to build out their engine, build their assets, and for us, obviously, being a small, you know, uh, 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 startup project, um, we don't have that luxury of time or resource. So we wanted to make sure that we can get something into the hands of our users as early as possible. And so hence the idle game and hence the completely on-chain implementation, right? So that obviously went really well, but as, as things changed, we, we obviously realized that as much as there were some benefits and a lot of um, hype around the idle game, there also came a lot of um, challenges, right? Obviously, uh, security, obviously exploitation, um, obviously the ability to actually introduce more interactive game experiences, right? Because um, how much art assets, how much animation can you simply put onto a um, either, uh, onto a browser game, right? And, and, and while novel and experience, um, just because the game is, you know, a smart contract base and completely on the web, right? Um, that by itself is not actually something that will make a game, uh, make or break a game, right? Because fundamentally, a game is a uh, form of entertainment, right? If people are not entertained or they don't derive pleasure from playing the game, uh, no matter how innovative the game is or, you know, no matter what else you try to attach to the game, it won't be successful at its core as a game, right? So, um, all these challenges, right? Learning lessons along the way, um, I think, you know, <laughs> Uh, we we saw obviously massive popularity and then obviously I think things you know uh, industry wide took a turn and so we obviously had to adapt as well. But long story made short obviously is that we came to the conclusion that no well, not really conclusion but we followed the natural path that we have already been on, which is um, with the time that we managed to get and the resources that we the, the meager resources that we had, um, we managed to build together our our dream right, which was the app based battle game where. We can still carry over that concept of breeding, mining, looting, but package it in a much more um, aesthetically pleasing way, right? And obviously increase the accessibility, right? Which is, I think, another key um, consideration for games, right? Because um, while Web3 is still going, I think we all acknowledge and accept that the vast majority of gamers are still in Web2, right? And how do these Web2 gamers consume games, right? They consume it by, you know, downloading an app of Steam, of Origin, from the Google Play Store, from the Apple the Apple App Store, right? So um, that's that's obviously a big consideration for us as well, why we decided to go the app route. And so for us, um, we managed to get our app onto a most major distribution platform, which is, a, I think, a very... Um, something we're really proud of and and so that's basically taken us to where we are today right where we have uh, basically uh, de-emphasized and i think uh, um, you know begin to phase out the idle game um, and now we're dedicating most if, if and not all our efforts to the battle game right and trying to make that uh, the core of kobada moving forward sorry that's a really long answer but i hope that helped no, that's that's very helpful. So maybe let's take a step back for those who might not be familiar with Krabata. Um the I remember in the idle game, you know, I don't know if it's the same, but there there was the default so like as a crab owner, you, you know, and like um the traditional play to earn games like Axie, if you have Axie, the only thing you could do was battling. Or if you have like peg axes, you know, only thing you can do is battling. Same with Ethan Arena. And in Krabata you had this optionality um which added like more you know um fun and and randomness to the to the overall gameplay if you own a team of you know three crabs crab nfts um you have a few options to do on a daily basis right the default option was mining so you sent uh your crab to mine 
um, you know, tokens, uh, resources, and and based on um, based on like that, I think mines maybe productivity, um, efficiency, etc. You can you can get the yield or like your crabs attributes, um, and the looting. Um, and the second option was looting. Um, you could loot the the the, the teams that were ex- already mining, right? So you could attack them, and there was a chance that you could steal what they were mining, right? So and and all these activities took some time. So there there was basically this like opportunity cost of time, and you had to uh, optimally you know make a decision on which one you choose. Um, and if I if I don't if I remember um, correctly, you know, since this is an idle game, there wasn't like when when someone tried to loot um, another team that was mining, um, there wasn't like an, you know, real time battle since this was an idle game. Uh, it was all uh, decided that the winner was decided by like attributes, uh, etc. cetera. Um, but I guess the reinforcement part was that you could rent out an additional um, crab from, from like a rental marketplace so that, that crab could also join the fight. Uh, the, the the opponent can also do that. And that would add like additional randomness. And I remember the math was like so um, clever, cleverly done that uh, like even if you have the strongest crabs, it doesn't guarantee that you would win. There's always this randomness element. Um, so so have, have I been like summarizing it uh, accurately or am I missing something? Sorry, Veda. Can you can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, I, unfortunately, I think you you completely cut off the last few minutes. So I heard a bit about the reinforcement and whatnot, but um, could you just quickly give me the question again? Sure. I, I was just asking whether like the the, the sum the summary was accurate. Um, but but like maybe you know, um, what what I can ask is, um, there there was there was like, who was the average? Um, player persona playing the game because again you can't you can't rent like it's not like in Axie or Pegaxi where the NFT owners are renting their NFTs to scholars so that they can you know grind. Um, the NFT owner actually had to use the asset. Um, so yeah, who was the average player persona, and uh, how long did they spend playing the game per day on average? Oh, that's a really good question, actually. So I'm, I'm guessing this question was on the idle game, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I think regarding the idle game back then, um, obviously because we were a completely on-chain game, right? Um, we didn't have the ability to do the traditional scholar-based renting model that, say, uh, Pegaxi or Axie had, right? Given that it's an on-chain game, right? And it's a bit harder to do delegation and you know, sub accounts, things like that, when it's completely on chain, right? Because uh, trying to do something that, like that's completely on chain, right? You run the risk of, you know, delegating the NFT asset and somebody just runs off with it, right? I think there were some projects that were trying to find some way around it, but I think it was it, it was just not worth, I think, the hassle, right? So uh, to your point, I think definitely the vast majority of our players uh, in the idle game phase, right, were people that had to play the game actively themselves, right? Um, or obviously, I think, you know, for those that were a bit more technologically um, inclined, there were some people who tried to abuse things like scripting and, 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 
and writing of some sort of uh, bot, right? And so obviously, I think that that's a very sore and sensitive topic for for parts of our community. And I think just in general, the Web three space, right? The whole um, angle of people trying to exploit. I think it's uh, you know it's it, it is what it is, and so the vast majority I would think of our gamers would was split. Uh, mostly between, I think, people who are just wanting to mine, given that it was the, the most accessible game experience, or people who were very time conscious and simply uh, put all their craps into the tavern, right, which is um, relatively fuss-free since it's all automated. So if you ask me for the split, I would say probably about, um, say, maybe 60 to 70% of people were miners and, and, and um and tavern users and maybe the rest would be the actual hardcore players who are you know uh trying to do looting right because obviously with looting i think i think you probably covered it in your summary there's a bit of strategy involved meta involved and so it's a it's a bit more of an investment in terms of time effort and maybe cost as well right in trying to keep up and buying the right crabs that would enable you to to win your loot right because if you lost the loot then it's pointless as well right it's potentially negative ev for you in a sense so um, so hence why I think um, it was a very interesting mix of players, right? And the one thing that I would say is interesting is that, um, to your point, right, because players need to play the game, right, even if, you know, I mean, except those that are using technology to abuse the system, of course, um, a vast majority of our players got very, I think, uh, deep and engrossed in our ecosystem, right, because it's not it's not simply them buying an asset and just, you know, paying somebody else to to, to, to make money for them, right? They had to do it themselves, and I would like to think that that was um, ironically something that potentially helped in the long term. Because while you know it is a fact, and I'm sure we can talk about it a bit later as well, that you know some of our players have obviously left our ecosystem. Um, I think that's uh, the, the same across most games, right? I think with the uh, industry uh, being the way it is, but we still retain a very strong core of very loyal gamers who are very passionate about the game and the actual gameplay right like they play for fun they really enjoy the art they enjoy the graphics they enjoy the lore right and i think um to your point right in terms of say for example the the venting and scholarship stuff if for example we had launched with that in day one maybe that wouldn't be the case right because people wouldn't have that emotional attachment to the game itself if they hadn't been you know playing it all the time right you know praying to get their minus revenge triggered like right? praying that their loots go through right and and so, um, you know, obviously, I, I I can't say for sure what's the case, right? But I I think you know there 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 definitely was a very interesting uh, split of users who played the idle game, and um, as an extension of 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 how the idle game was set up, I have a feeling that it heavily influenced the the demographics of our user base in the battle game today. Okay, interesting answer. So we said six to seventy percent we're more like miners and tavern and so the for those who don't know tavern is where you you just put your you know um crabs so that someone can rent it out um and 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 miners is uh mining is basically you know it's you you're passively again you're doing default action and the crab is trying to mine whereas the the, the looter part is again um it, it it requires more active active gameplay you have to like constantly check out for who is mining when i should attack um you you're trying to buy the the ideal crabs etc um so i would assume that the, the 
the, the the players that were doing like mining and tavern, they were more like the the passive. I'll say like um, a bit similar to the persona type in probably like Axie. You know, they just invest. They don't put much put much effort and time, and they're just waiting for for the yield. Whereas the 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 the, the um the looting activity players more like more hardcore, um, more opportunistic players now. When we think about the motivation, you know, obviously there was there was um, a good amount of reward for playing the game, and that was that was a strong incentive uh, in terms of like you know user base growing and, and user base buying, um, crab NFTs. Um, like when you when you said you know there's still core players playing the game, do you think those core players used to be looters in the idle game? And what do you think their motivation is? Because, and, and I'm asking this not because, you know, um, like some people might like the ga a game just for its gameplay mechanics, right? But some people might like, um, you know, this like almost gambling-ish like elements, this uncertainty and randomness and the thrill that like meta game. So just trying to understand whether uh, those players are on, on, on the ladder or not. Sorry, um, uh, Veda, can you hear me? Yeah. So your, your question again was, um, uh, what type of players are in the battle game now? Is that correct? Uh, so, so the question, the, the players who are in the battle game right now, are they, are they ones that, that were doing, um, they were, were doing looting in the idle game? Ah, okay. So, what's the uh, carryover from the uh, idle game demographic, right, into the battle yeah. game now? Yeah, exactly. Um, I'll be honest. I think it's really hard to say, right, because uh, we have to remember that the idle game was completely on-chain based, right? So it's all you know, um, anon wallets, right? It's uh, really hard to say, right? Um, but I would say that uh, a large majority of people uh, who play the battle game today are those that probably to your point right were also very passionate about looting uh back in the idle game uh why because um, these players are, are very passionate about you know uh not just doing the mining and looting but participating in our pvp uh, aspects as well right which is obviously something that we didn't have in the idle game right where in the idle game uh the extent of pvp was looting right that's the quote, the only way you could challenge another player, right, by attacking their minds as a looter. But now we have the arena where players can battle each other uh, purely for, I think, uh, you know, competitive purposes, right, climbing the leaderboard, uh, getting to a higher rank, and obviously some rewards at the end of the, the arena season, right? So um, I, I think that would be a fair assessment to make where uh, I think a lot of the people who are very passionate in the game now are probably people who are also interested in looting back then. Right? Obviously, I think um, there are still obviously a lot of people who are who are primarily miners back in the idle game who are still playing the game as well, right? Um, you know, maybe they are just focused on mining in the battle game and and clearing the levels, the PVE mode as well, right? Battling the 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 the, the, the computer bots, for example, right? Trying to grind their way up to a high level. Um, and obviously, for us in the game, and I think. We, we are always cognizant of the fact that we want to cater to all different types of players, right? So those that are more competitively tilted, those that want a more, uh, you know, PVE experience as well. So that's definitely something that we're, we're looking at, right? And it's obviously getting a bit easier now because with our app, right, we have 
um, more ways to generate user data and to be able to analyze that and see what our players are doing. So maybe going back to the the question of like, um, wh- what is the motivation of the core players still playing the game? What is the motivation? You mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think I would like to say that uh, you know, uh, a lot of people are playing because they enjoy the game. They are invested in the game, right? Um, they enjoy the gameplay. They enjoy um, winning and being the top of the leaderboard. And I think. Obviously, there's still some who are motivated by, you know, uh, some sort of financialization. But I think as the and, and this is 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 a um uh, is a assumption my end, right? Personally, here is that as as the industry has changed, right? And obviously, uh, the the macro conditions have changed as well, and projects have had to adapt as a consequence. Um, I would assume here that. Um, there are definitely, you know, to my, to my point, I said earlier about how user bases have shrunk across most games. I think um, quite a few of the people who are more financialization driven um, have or potentially, you know, left the game, right? And that's not to say, obviously, that, you know, that there aren't any left, right? And not to say that we don't, you know, um, that, not to say that we don't uh, think about that as well, right? But I think... Uh, to my one of the earlier earlier points I made, right, which is that um, as a game, right, you have to be fun, right, first and foremost, right. Everything else comes secondary, and so um, my take is that the vast majority of players who are passionate about the game are are those that are you know uh, driven and and motivated by the fun of our game, right. That at least that's like that's what I would like to believe. Because I, 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 and and. Yeah, and I think, you know, obviously here's, I mean, this is something that maybe also is a bit of a uh, a plug, right? Or maybe a bit, you know, uh, a bit of a reach by me. But I would like to say that, you know, having been here since last year and, and obviously, you know, uh, looking at Industry Go, meeting a lot of other projects as well, um, I would dare to say that the product that we have right now, right? I, 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 I'm not sure if you've seen our Battle Game Vader, right? Have you, by any chance? Oh, no, I haven't. Well, then you definitely should. I really, really think you should. It's high time you should take a look because, um, you know, what we have as a complete product, I think, is definitely up there, right? In terms of animation, um, you know, uh, fun, the visual aspect, the amount of different things you can do within the game, right? And which is only continuing to go over time as we implement more and more gameplay modes. Um, I honestly do believe that our game is 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 is. Is, is is fun right and and there's a lot of things to do uh, to the extent that you know um, if <laughs> if I didn't tell you this is a web 3 game and I just put it out there on the webs on the app store right people might think it's just another uh, mobile game right and I, I think we we you know especially with the amount of resources that we had at a small team that we that we have you know this is a a, a really large accomplishment already right uh, being able to get to where we are right now and so um that's why I do believe that there, 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 there are there, there are large amounts of people who are playing the game um, because it is fun, right? And and okay. that is the key um, to 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 long term, I think, to long term growth for the game as well. Yeah. So maybe let's talk about the learnings from the idle game. Like, what were the core learnings? Maybe you know, could be economy related learnings, um, community related game learnings, and again from the idle game. Just because, so you know, a lot of prizes are building games right now. 
but very few of them have had, you know, the success that you guys had um, in, in, in that period. So I'm, so I'm like very curious on, you know, what, what are the learnings that you can share with, you know, other, other founders? Definitely. I think that's a superb question. I think I should get that a lot as well sometimes when I speak to other projects or, you know, I go on AMAs and panels and things like that. And I think obviously the first first thing that I must must attribute is luck, right? Um, you know, I believe that we are talented people. We have a good team, hard work, extremely hardworking team. But sometimes it's about luck as well, right? And and if you think back, I think um, it's kind of a bit of a right time, right place as well, right? Where um, Axie had opened the doors, but there weren't many, you know, um, other options at the time. Right? Obviously now we have so many, right? But back then, right? You know. Uh, projects were just getting off the ground. Some of them were AAA, like for example, Illuvium, right? You know, uh, they, you know, so much hype when they launched, um, but they're going to take a lot of time, right? So for us, you know, given that we are, you know, kind of like an indie project right, in a sense, right? We managed to meet the, uh, you know, the needs of the market where people were looking for exposure to Web3 gaming uh, that is, you know, not too complicated, uh, simple enough, right? Which we were, right? And, you know, had to be able to be, you know, launched at a time where there weren't many other options as well, right? And, and you know, obviously, it probably also helped that we, we launched on Avalanche as well, right? Which was, you know, I think a, a very, very, very uh, community-based and, 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 and um, driven uh, network, right? So um, I think those, those were probably some really good factors in helping us to achieve, I think, the, uh, the peaks of popularity that we did, right? But obviously, um, you know, the other things would be, um, you know, I would say conscious design choices on our end as well, right? Like trying to keep the game as uh, simple as possible, right? In designing the mining and looting, right? Wanted to keep game loops, you know, easy to pick up, easy to learn, right? And then um, slowly introducing more complexity into the game over time, right? To then deepen the gameplay experience and to make sure that, you know, people stay around and it's not just the, you know, uh, uh, point and click, point and click kind of thing that gets repetitive after a while, right? So. Uh, those were some of the initial, I think, reasons as to why we got popular, right? Um, you know, in terms of learning lessons, right, as, you know, over time, what we've learned, right? Um, I think one is obviously the fact that, um, and something that I think, like I said, right, with regards to the Battle Game app and all this, is is that we've really, really realized how important it is to be fun, right? And I know I keep harping on this, but it really means a lot to us because, um, I think, and I, I just want to draw on a, I think, example from the DeFi space, right, where, um, you know, if if you if you advertise yourself simply based on a novelty or some sort of, you know, uh, uh, outlier kind of uh, financial reward, right, you will attract attention and you will attract capital, but the question always is how sustainable is that, right, because um, that's not really a moat, right? Somebody else can always come along and and just fork you and 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 offer you know a higher yield, right? A higher APR, right? And we see this all the time, right? With with you know um, DeFi protocols all across the space, right? And so, um, especially for a game, right? You know, you, you know, we we really realize that there has to be something that really draws your users and keeps them there, right? I mean, why do people still play, for example, chess, right? Or, or really old games, right? Like Magic the Gathering, for example. Right? There are many other games that nowadays, right, that are 
you know, probably, um, you know, uh, bigger esports scenes or whatnot, right? Uh, but they play it because they like it, right? They're emotionally attached. So yeah. I think that that is definitely a lesson that I've passed on to many other projects where, um, you know, try to make your game obviously stand out from the competition, right? You know, new features, blah, blah, blah. But make sure that it's, you know, you always have the user at its core, right? Like, is this fun for the user? Is it immersive for the user? Right? And that way, you know, once you've been able to attract the core audience, right, and, and keep them, then you can, you know, continue to grow it by, you know, marketing, by uh, incremental features in your game, right? And then that way you can sustainably scaffold your project, right? You don't need to, for example, have some massive, uh, you know, yield potential, gain 100,000 users in three months, but then, you know, after that, lose them all as well, right? I think that that's, you know, something yeah. that we, you know, we, we, we've kind of semi-been through. So I would say that's something that is definitely a learning lesson, right? And and obviously, I think last point here is obviously because we have the unique angle of building a completely on-chain game, right? And, you know, I think there was a lot of, uh, you know, there are a lot of people who are super, proud of us or super interested in our product because of exactly that and while we still believe that you know there's a potential for you know fully on-chain games right um so i know there's some interesting projects out there that are doing you know things in this space as well but um for us i would say that you know learning lesson there is that uh while there are many benefits there are also many cons right and these cons are at least for us right were things that we sometimes could not predict or could not be reliably controlled, even though we knew might potentially happen, right? Um, and so just be really careful about things like, like I said, about exploiting, about uh, technological controls, right? If you want to build a fully on-chain game, right? Obviously now we've moved to a uh, app-based, you know, app-based game, and that gives us much more control as developers, right? Over the tech stack and what we can do, right? In terms of managing the, the game, managing, you know, um, uh, uh, bad actors, for example, and so, uh, I think that would be another learning lesson for other game projects. Interesting. Can you expand on what do you mean by control with with like a smart contract driven fully on-chain game? Um, sure. Um, so I think, you know, this is not really a, a new topic, right? I mean, even in Web2 gaming, let's say Counter-Strike, right? People have been developing and selling cheats for, for forever, right? And, you know, game developers always come up with a way to detect cheaters and then obviously try to, you know, remove them from the game, the, the player base, right? Um, in a completely smart contract-based game, right? It's, you know, it's much harder to detect such behavior because, you know, how do you know, right, whether somebody is executing a contract, you know, via a script or via them pressing a button, right? You won't know because all you see is the, the transaction being executed anyway, right? Um, contrast that to an app, right, where you have, you know, more ability to control and see, right, you know, how the players are interacting with your game script, right, with your game engine, right? How are they sending inputs? Um, that gives us more ability to, you know, I think, manage the, the game, right, obviously, and, um, you know, you know, it's not necessarily, again, just simply about banning and whatnot as well, but like to your earlier question about, you know, what type of demographics do we have, right? That ability to also track our users, you know, um, and see what they do can also give us more insights into, you know, what our players are enjoying, right? Which parts of the game do they spend the most time on, right? Uh, and, 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 and this allows us to, you know, make better informed decisions, right? Compared to in the other game, right, where, you know, all you see are, are, are strings of, of, of numbers, right? OX something, right? 
you know, executing this transaction, that transaction, but doesn't that give you that much granular granular data, right, to, to really base uh, game-making decisions on? Yeah, got it. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense, especially since you guys had some problems with bots um, and the, the game could be, you know, bottable, like people could bot someone to loot, etc. Um, I, I guess, I guess that is important, right? It's important to have that control over, or over like players to, to prevent players from botting basically and, and exploiting the economy. Um, and also like, so I remember you experimented with like this thing called cram, right? Um, and that is like, you know, you have the governance token CRA, I call it CRA. Um, if you, if you stay CRA, uh, you would get like cram. And Krem was almost like a like a you know a token that that um, proves that you are staking, and with Krem you could do like uh, interesting stuff, right? Like you could, um, I think you could get into like a lottery, and it was a very interesting design. Um, or if you had like enough Krem, you could control multiple accounts at the same time. I think it was like two teams at the same time. Um, can, can, would you be able to talk about that and whether, um, how, whether that, you know, worked out as you guys expected? Sure. Um, so obviously Cram was a intended to be an in-game utility token that I think, like you said, that was a reward from staking the governance token CRA. Um, the intention I think back then was that, uh, with a tree token economy or tree token design, you know, we can provide more avenues for specialization in a sense, right? Where, uh, people who want to, 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 uh, you know, play the game or get it a lucky draw, they need cram, right? But how do you get cram, right? You've got to stay club, right? But at the same time, you don't necessarily have to, you know, um, I mean, like, you know, it, it's kind of like a way of, um, you know, incentivizing people to hold crap, right? And still be involved in the game, right? So it's not just simply, you know, uh, staking crap to, you know, farm more crap to dump, right? This way, you know, you stake crap and you get a token that you actually use and need to use in the game, right? And obviously then that would supplement the, the actual in-game economy with the US and whatnot, right? But um, like you said, it was an experiment. And I think while it works, um, decently well back then, obviously once uh, uh, <clears throat> once macro conditions worldwide turned, right, then obviously I think capital became a bit more scarce and it became more of a hassle to maintain, I think, three separate, you know, pools of capital, right? Um, and, you know, it inevitably became more of a hassle than anything else for players to have to, you know, switch between three different tokens. And so eventually we decided to phase out cram and just to refocus back on, you know, uh, CRA and TUS, right? And so, um, yeah, that's that's the story behind why we came up with Cram, and I think why we eventually, you know, uh, phased it out as well. Got it. Okay. Um, interesting. So, in terms of, um, want to ask questions about like the launch and liquidity. You launched Crowd through a uh, launchpad, if I if I remember correctly i think it was like avalanche um and and tus you know was was just was launched wasn't sold separately it would be it was earned uh in the game because it was the in-game utility asset um and and so i want to ask questions about like your launch um why did you choose to go you know with a launch pad or you know with an ido versus say like an you know exchange offering centralized exchange offering or a different 
uh, Launchpad. Um, and also, how did you incentivize um, players or you know the token holders to provide liquidity for the for the CRA, um, CRA whatever pool? I think CRA Avex or CRA something else pool. Yeah, these are the questions. Um, so I, I, I'm not too informed on all the decision making that went on, you know, with TGE. But um, I think one reason why we obviously chose Avalanche was that once we chose to launch on Avalanche, the network, I mean, Avalanche is one of the premier, you know, projects, launch pads, partners within the space, right? And, um, you know, they, they are really friendly, you know, they are wonderful people. And so I think it was a no-brainer to, to work with them, right, to, to get our project known and, 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 and accessed by the wider Avalanche community. Right? So um, having said that, uh, with regards to, I think, the, uh, the, the liquidity, um, I don't, uh, to my knowledge, the vast majority of the liquidity was, I think, the protocol-owned liquidity. I think we started most of the pools ourselves and we didn't really see the need to, you know, um, you know offer, uh, you know, uh, pool two rewards or anything, right, to, to incentivize more liquidity. I think it was, you know, as a game in a sense sometimes, right, if the game does well enough, there'll be enough tra there'll be enough activity anyway, right, where, you know, you don't potentially need to go and bootstrap a whole LP by offering some sort of reward or farming, right? So uh, I think that 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 was the uh, that was the uh, thinking behind the uh, liquidity pools. Got it. Was that the same um, strategy for the, the toss liquidity pool as well? Uh, yes, um, I think similar. I think we also um, started that as well. Uh, but you know, again, same similar. Similarly, right at that point, uh, when 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 the hype was on, right, I think there was more than enough organic activity to expand the pool, and you know, we didn't really need to uh, you know incentivize um, the, uh, the farming rewards, for example. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it 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 is a problem, right? Like because the the protocol on liquidity. Um, obviously costs money because you have to put a lot of um, like um, not only like tokens but also real either fiat, stablecoin or whatever like that pair uh, token is um, so so um, and in in downturn like a bear market uh, as the say product becomes less popular you know you have less, uh, you have more volatility just because there is a lower amount of liquidity in the liquidity pool. Um, so yeah, that that's definitely like a, a problem that I guess a lot of um, the games are, are going to face, right? Well, I mean, to your point, actually, Vader, I think it's not just games, right? I think all projects face that issue, right? Either DeFi or whatnot, right? I think, you know, tell me, tell me, tell me one project that hasn't seen uh, their liquidity pool shrink, right? I mean, uh, so I think it's, it's it's definitely a concern, right? But again, uh, maybe it's a you know it's a double-edged thing, right? To your point, right? If we do protocol-owned liquidity, it's more expensive for us because we have to fund both ends, right? But at the same time, you know, it's also like you know our commitment to our community that we you know we 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 take on the risk, right? Because we believe in a project and we want users to have a good UX, you know, rather than having to say, for example, have to incentivize third parties to come and provide the liquidity, right? Um, you know, then in that case, you always run the risk of capital flight, right? If, you know, the instant things go bad, suddenly everybody pulls out and, oh, guess what? You know, now you, your, your pool has shrunk overnight, right? For example, massively. 
And you know, it, it's 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 one of those things where I don't think that's the right or wrong, right? It's just the way we decided to go about it, right? And you know, um, obviously, this is something that every project in the space is grappling with right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, okay, I mean, Car, thanks, thanks for joining, man. Uh, this was a this was a fun episode. In um, you know, before closing. Um, would you like to, you know, announce anything or, or share any news regarding Kerbata with the audience or maybe share any, you know, future plans, etc.? Happy to, very happy to. I think first things first is obviously encourage everybody to check out, you know, Kerbata.com and you take a look at the game. Um, if you haven't, I think you're missing out, yourself included, Vader, right? It's a uh, is uh, the app, yeah. right, which is available, might I add, that our app is available on Windows, Mac, Android, and Apple as well. So you can actually okay. play it on all major platforms, right, which is something that not many other games can claim to do. Right? So we, we offer you a, a gaming experience that is Web3 enabled, but also accessible to Web3 users as well. Right? So that's one. Two is obviously the fact that you know, we have uh, amazing... Um, um, uh, amazing gameplay features, right? Um, that are constantly growing, right? We <clears throat> we are constantly expanding our game loops, right? Uh, mining and looting is still there, but now you know um, it's becoming a stepping stone for more, uh, well, not more, but other uh, central game loops as well, right? Like like arena, right? Like in the future, we are also looking at things like um, more challenging PVE modes as well, right? To give players, uh, you know, even more avenues to challenge themselves in the game. Uh, you know, think of things like dungeons, right, for example. Um, uh, we're also, you know, trying to make a, you know, gaming experience that is um, more and more competitive as well, right, because we understand that people, you know, love a competitive and social environment. So, um, you know, the arena, which is now uh, a one-to-one -one kind of thing, will also continue to expand, right, you know, to become, uh, you know, include maybe like team-based combat, like guild, guild, guild arena, things like that. Um, and, and we're very excited to continue to work on these kind of things over the next few months. And I think last but not least is obviously, I think, just continually making the UX better, right? That's something that we're also very passionate about, trying to make the life of our players as simple as possible. You know, given that originally we were, you know, premised as an idle game, right? You know, we're trying to make it fun, but, you know, not too stressing in terms of time. So things like improving the quality of life, reducing the amount of time you need to play the game. Uh, we're constantly working on these kind of, you know, micro-updates all the time to make uh, our players' gameplay experience as optimized as possible. So I think you know that's that's probably some of the the large um, uh, things that I want to harp on. Oh wait, one more before I forget. How could I forget? Uh, we also have very interesting developments in the space of equipments and crafting. Right? You know, uh, you know, as you rightly pointed out before, we have the NFTs, the crabs, right? But now we also have items as well that you can equip onto your crabs, right? And so um, that's a very interesting development as well because this unlocks a whole new uh, meta game, right? That our players are delving into right now and trying to explore and and you know uh, 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 trading between themselves, things like that. And I think that's something that will also continue to grow, right? Um, and induce more and more uh, you know uh, innovation, right, with the player base and provide a more I think nuanced gameplay experience for players, right? Um, you know, basically kind of like making a game. Like you know, uh, deep and complicated. Like for example, say World of Warcraft, right? Where you have like massive, you know, uh, ecosystem of like heroes, items, you know, resources, things like that. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, and um, 
and, and last but not least as well, also I think like things like cosmetics and skins. Uh, you know, that's something that's really popular in the Web2 gaming world as well, and we are also working on that. So uh, not yet, but, you know, it'll, it'll be out eventually, right? And so I think that's like just a quick summary of some interesting things we're working on and that I would highly encourage people to check out, right, and, 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 and get exposed. And of course, if you ever have questions, right, please visit our Telegram groups, our, our Discord servers. I think um, we have an amazing community team as well. Um, our, 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 man, our community managers and our mods are always there always helpful right and and i think that's something you're very proud of as well right being very close to the ground so uh, overall i would like to you know just um again um thank you for, for having me here on the podcast uh Veda, and and and, and i just wish everybody uh in the space whether they be the players whether they be game developers you know uh just keep on building right Stay thanks safe. thanks for the kind of response. yeah i uh, just, just just one more question um the the app store app am like am i able to you know buy nfts there or or interact with smart contracts through the app no you cannot so okay. that's uh yeah it's it's uh it's a uh, it's a uh, you know you it, mm, it's it's something that has is designed in the way it is for for practical reasons right i don't want to mm-hmm. go too deep into that but but basically, if you download the app, you know you'll be directed to to you directed to resources where you can learn how to you know set up the other parts of your game that you need to that need to potentially be done, mm-hmm. for example, off the app, right? But the core gameplay experience is still on the app, right? It's just that you have to leave the app for a while to do some stuff, then you can come back. Got it. But but if I have NFTs that I bought through you know the browser. Um... I can just log in with those NFTs on the app and play on the mobile app? Uh, not exactly. There's an intermediate oh. step. Yeah, you need to visit our one of our websites or marketplaces to, to go through some sort of onboarding process first. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, well, um, again, Kurt, thanks for joining, man. Uh, this, was a, this was a great episode. Um, and we would recommend definitely checking out the, the app. Um, And listener, thanks for listening. See you on another episode. All right. Thank you so much. And uh, wishing everybody a good day and a good rest of your week. Bye-bye.